0: I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be in high school in 2020? Does that sound like a great chance to do things in a different way or your worst nightmare? Well, our photo staff decided to find out what high school is really like nowadays. They've committed to spending a year with the class of 2020 as a way of documenting youth in the Bay Area at the turn of the decade. Today, I'm joined by Director of Photography, Nicole Fruget, and photographer Gabrielle Lori about this project, why they decided to start it, and what they expect to learn this year. Ladies, thank you for joining me. Nicole, can you explain to us what is the Class of 2020 project? Oh,
1: boy. Well, I think the Class of 2020 project at its core is really trying to understand the youth of today. Um, We throw around a lot of assumptions about what each generation is. But in truth, this is the generation who is going to be impacted by climate change and pivotal presidential elections. And We wanted to understand who they were and not just the stereotypes and the emojis and, you know, the social media profiles, but at their core, what drives them, what what are their concerns, what are their hopes and dreams, so that we could kind of understand where our country is headed.
0: So we published the first installment of, this, of these photo essays on, on Sunday, and we're going to release the online, um, uh, the online display on December 5th. So everybody can check that out on sfchronicle.com. Gabrielle, what, you've, you've spent some time with some of these students. How did you pick them? How did you find them in the first place?
2: Yeah, so I actually really struggled at first. I said, How? I have no connection to high school students. So, how am I going to do this? And I actually put out um, a call on Nextdoor, which is my neighborhood website, um, just saying that I'm looking for a senior to do a project on. And ironically, my next door neighbor uh, answered me via text saying, Hey, I know this group of kids. Why don't you show up at their next event and see if you can meet some seniors? And so I went to an event where they were performing for um, for seniors in the Bayview, um, and I met. Unfortunately, I met some sophomores.
0: Oh, <laughs> that thought, doesn't work at all. I thought, oh, That's
2: this a class <laughs> of twenty twenty three or something. 23. And I said, Hey, do you guys know any seniors who would be interested in this? And this girl, Chastity, said. Actually yes, one of my best friends. She texted her, she got an answer right back and it was it was that easy. I immediately hooked up with Jael. Um and she has been super open and great and I, I thought it was I, I wanted to get someone who was in the Bayview because um I felt like we had kind of covered the North Bay and San Francisco and East Bay, so I thought um I thought getting somewhere in Bayview, which is also actually close to my house. So I would be able to be there more frequently. Um, And then through her, I started photographing her school, which is Abraham Lincoln High School. And I asked some of the teachers if they knew of a kid who they thought was maybe, like, struggling, but also a good student. And um, so they – and three of them pointed me, actually, to this one kid. So I, And he ended up being perfect. Awesome. So he's an actor and he's very different. So I like the oh, contrast.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So so when you guys are like having photo staff meetings and you you're talking about this, like, how does this idea originate? Why do you think journalistically? I mean, I get why it's kind of interesting to follow a kid through in a year. But why, Nicole, do you think it has journalistic purpose to do this?
1: Well, I think you know, when we first started kicking the idea around, it actually came about uh, Scott Strazani, one of our photographers, was really interested in the pressure that teens are under these days. Um, he lives uh, in Marin County uh, and uh, uh, in Mill Valley now. And so he you know, has witnessed the and he's a he's a parent. He has two kids who are grown now, but you know are uh, college age students, and one recently graduated, I believe. Uh, and I think he's been really fascinated about the struggle of of what kids are going through and how much pressure they're under and He started talking about how that that story is not covered because you know you you cover depression and suicide and you know drug addiction, but just this idea that you know. Success is like such a uh, razor thin edge these days, whether or not you're going to get into the right school and how it determines your life. And they put so much pressure on themselves, and their parents are so high achieving that it's a very different generation. And so that got us to thinking rather than just following one, you know, Marin student you know, who has a very certain uh, trajectory and expectation, why don't we follow a larger swath of students? And I think the journalistic merit in that is that we're not presenting youth and uh, coming of age through one lens. We're presenting it in a more, I think, nuanced and well-rounded perspective. And I really believe that in order to understand where we're going as a country, we have to understand the people who are going to be saddled with the issues that um, their uh, previous generations are laying at their feet. And you know, I'm not a parent, and I like uh, really, really just wanted to know like who, you know, it's strange, like we get interns coming in, and and I, I kind of feel like they're almost like, uh, now I'm doing the, the teenager-like thing, sorry, uh, uh, foreign to me now as I'm getting older. And I really think that Our readers may have some similar perspectives as I do, and they don't understand who these folks are and these young people are and what drives them. And I feel like in order for us to evolve as a society, we have to understand each other better. And there's not enough coverage of the people who are going to wind up running the world soon.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said and and one of the things I I tell people that our job at the Chronicle is to do the first draft of history and and putting down what kids are struggling with. You know, we do that in news stories, certainly, and in feature stories. And we have, um, I I think you will agree, the best photography department of any newspaper (laughs) in America. And uh, it's really interesting to see the unique talents of our staff being able to reach these kids and show, you know, we don't get to go into a high school and see what it's like one of the i was talking to one of my neighbors and they they said something about the climate change anxiety which i kind of thought was a, a buzzword but it's really true these kids are they see news all the time they are the first digital truly digital first generation and so all of those neuroses that maybe an older generation can put aside because it's just the news. They're growing up with it and the stimulus all the time. And, and I think that really comes across in some of the initial photos too. Um, Gabrielle, how, how do you see, uh, if, I can, if I can be so bold, you're a millennial, correct? Yes. Okay. And uh, uh, Nicole, uh, now I have to out you (laughs) too. You're a Gen Xer. I'm on the cusp of the two. So how did, when you spend time with these kids, how does um, their experience differ from, from what your experience was in high school? Yeah. So I didn't grow up with,
2: you know, a smartphone. I think I, by my senior year, I maybe had a cell phone that was off at the bottom of my backpack that was only for my mother to call. So I,
0: of course, if if it's not on, she can't call you. So there's the mother in me coming out. Turn on your phone, Gabrielle. (laughs) Exactly.
2: But none of my friends had phones. So there was no point to it. Um, I didn't, text messaging wasn't a thing for, you know, five or six years later. So I really didn't grow up with any of that. Um,
0: Or social media on your phone.
2: Or social media. I mean, Facebook, Began probably when I was eighteen, but it just wasn't taking off. Or maybe it was it was Friendster actually um, before Facebook. Well, now you're dating, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, that's not but, the
0: experience you see with these kids.
2: Well, the interesting thing about these kids is that they are on their phones all the time. They are on social media a lot, and it's like a new form of it every day. I feel like I can't keep up. There's like TikTok. I don't even know what that is, but at the end of the day, they all just want to have friends. They want to be liked, and they spend time with their families, and they just want to be loved, which I think is just so common for any high school kid. They're just figuring themselves out, and whether that's through texting or Snapchat um, you know, I think sort of they're all their concerns are sort of all the same concerns that I had. Am I going to get into college? What is my future? Um, am I going to like what I do? Am I going to miss my family? Um, am I in a fight with my sibling? You know, so I think on, on, on one hand, it's sort of scary to think all these kids are on their phones all the time. But kind of the core of their life is, is sort of the same.
0: One of the things that I was told in a management class once, which is uh, that generations have things that happen to them collectively at a young age. So the, the generation that went through the Depression, they became the sort of hoarders and didn't waste a lot of resources. And then, you know, maybe our parents' generation who went through Vietnam became very distrustful of the government. And now this truly digital generation that's facing all these, these inputs um, do you think they have an acknowledgement that that's not how other people grow up, or have grown up?
2: I think they know it to a degree, but I don't know that it's integrated. I think those are old people. You know, they refer to me as an adult. You're the adult. I'm the yeah, adult. You're the grown and up. I'm the grown up. That's what grown ups do. That's what adults do. I'm. It's. Yeah, we're in separate
0: older boxes. <laughs> You're listening to my conversation with Nicole Fruget and Gabrielle Lori about the Class of 2020 project. We'll be back right after this. We're back with Nicole Fruget and Gabrielle Lori talking about the graduating Class of 2020. Nicole, when you're launching a project like this that is dealing with um, minors, really, Um, Your plan is, correct me if I'm wrong, to, to do a couple of these installments throughout the year and show how their senior year progresses inevitably uh through the dozen or so kids that we have in this project somebody's going to have something bad happen to them and and hopefully not very bad but not everybody's going to have a great senior year probably how do you think about balancing a minor's you know need for some sort of privacy because they're not an adult yet and the need to be really honest about what's going on in these high schools
1: yeah i think it's a tricky balance um but, you know, all the photographers have established really good relationships with at least one of the parents, um, and, and, and except for Aaron, who's emancipated. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely an adult in the lives. A lot of times we have relationships with the teachers as well. Um, you know, so I think there's, we've been t- spending time building trust. Everybody was, you know, uh, challenged to find their student before school started or really early on into the school year. And so, you know, I think as time goes on, we will be on the ride experiencing those experiences with the the senior. And, you know, that's, that's part of intimate documentary storytelling is, you know, uh, showing life warts and all. And um, you have to have the kind of people who are willing to go with you on that ride and who are willing to. It's a really brave thing to be able to reveal parts of your life to other people. And I think... You know that's that that level of trust is a two-way street, and I feel like, you know, what we do is we make people comfortable. We don't put them in situations where they feel vulnerable, and they share what they want to share with us. They have power in the in the relationship. It's a dynamic relationship, and it's not just about us taking photos. It's about us being there, being present, and witnessing. And I think that um, these these kids, you know, we've done some video journals with them where they've uh, talked about their own thoughts. We've done interviews with them where they've talked about their hopes and their fears. And they are so open and really poignant about what they're going through. And it's just a very powerful thing. Um, I think that was the whole point of this project is to hear from these kids in their own words and give them a voice and let them drive their own stories, be the author of their stories. And the photographers are vessels to help with that. But really, the power comes from them. Having their voice heard in the paper and and on our uh, website
0: on the on the digital version that's that's going live on December fifth, um, I, I really like the kids doing the self videos and talking to themselves because I think sometimes adults brush off what what kids you know what what teenagers have to say and they they really do have some poignant and thoughtful things to say and seeing it sort of unvarnished without the youtube you know for their friends sort of thing i think is is really compelling Gabrielle, how how do you keep up with them um, throughout the year? I mean, this I mean, just thinking back at my own high school, things changed drastically from one hour to the next. Um, I'm sure that's true in high school today. How much time are you able to spend? Because you, you have a day job, too. We make you shoot other photos. <laughs> how, how do you physically keep up with what's going on in their lives?
2: So uh, mostly we text. That's really their preferred method of being in touch. And I try to weekly kind of check in and say, hey, are you going to be doing anything interesting this week? Um, because for the most part, their routine is Is pretty much the same. So after I've uh, photographed their general routine, um, I sort of need to figure out what's going to be different. So I ask them when their birthday is, you know, are they going to be going to church? Do they have any performances? Um, You know, Philip, who's one of my subjects, texted me saying, hey, I'm getting my blood drawn. Um, And I couldn't make that, but he was in in tune enough to know that that might be something I would want to shoot, and so I think when you sort of form that relationship and you start um, cueing them to think, oh, I should probably tell her that I'm going to do this. So I try to check in with them, and I probably see them uh, two times a month, I'd say right now, two or three times a month. I just wanted to add about sort of the the crossing certain lines with kids. You know, I had a moment on my first day photographing Philip where he sat down in the theater um, during rehearsals, during a, the rehearsal he had for the play Hamlet, and one of his friends just started sobbing next to him, and her boyfriend had broken up with him, and she had her head on his shoulder, and she was just sobbing, and it was a really beautiful moment. And they said, can you go away? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, this is such a beautiful moment, and it shows that people are relying on him and that he's, you know tender and emotional and they just said no please go away and I said okay and and you sort of have to respect certain lines to know to to show them that you're not there to invade their privacy and as time goes on that gives them trust in you even more so I would I think the following day he had an issue where he was on his bed and he was really upset and he let me photograph that and so it's a give and take. And you can't always, there are moments that just you have to be
0: okay with letting go. Are there some subjects that you find are easier to develop that connection with than others? And and is there anything that distinguishes those sorts of people?
2: Yeah, I would say that my relationship with Jael does not really have any boundaries. And I don't know if that's just because she's a young woman, and I'm a woman. And so I think we connect a little bit more. Um, so I I think it's really a matter of how comfortable the person is, how open they are in general. Um, but it's interesting because Philip is actually more outgoing. And um, in some ways, he seems more of an open book. He'll tell you all of his emotions in jail is a little bit more reserved. But I think we've just figured out a trust so that she just sort of She's she's almost not aware that I'm there,
0: when Philip is much more aware. That's amazing because so. you have big cameras that you're you know you're you're shooting at fairly close distances. It's it's hard to forget about it after a while. I would think.
2: Yeah, it's actually surprising. High school kids. I don't know if it has to do with having social media and phones and being recording all the time. They don't seem to mind being photographed. It's not a big deal to them as much as it is to most anyone else, actually.
0: I think that's a really interesting point. They're used to having camera phones um, all the time, so not a big deal. Yeah. Um, Nicole, the last thing I want to ask you about is is we have a lot of stories from the kids in, in their own words and quotes from them, and you um, said it's actually somewhat hard to edit them for publication. Why is that?
1: Oh, well, much like me, there's a few likes uh, that we might need to trim down um, and I can totally understand that because uh, I I certainly uh, enjoy saying like as well when I talk <laughs> but yeah we, we uh, our editor Guy Wathan, uh, who who is a wonderful video editor said that like for one kid it was like every, every second he was having to you know cut some of the likes but keep it so that it had the flavor of the kid so we we have this balance of uh, getting the the real voice of the kid without having like every other word like
0: you know what i mean (laughs) like i i kind of like have an idea of (laughs) what that would be like (laughs) exactly so the uh the the class of 2020 project online at sfchronicle.com on december 5th um ladies thank you very much for joining us to talk about this and explain why we're doing this in print and online and good luck following uh this this graduating class throughout the year thank you so much for having us thank you appreciate being here Thank you to Nicole Fruger and Gabrielle Laurie for being with me today. And if you are a parent, student, or teacher who wants to help us tell the story about the graduating class of 2020, we would love to hear from you. Email us at gwathen at sfchronicle.com. That's G-W-A-T-H-E-N at sfchronicle.com. Thank you to Karen Creighton for producing this episode, and thanks to you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle podcast network.
2: If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts.
0: And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing.
2: You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle.
0: There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.